0: This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. I'm Al Roberts. I'm the Rappaport Professor of Law and Public Policy at Suffolk University Law School, and I'm also the Faculty Director of the Rappaport Center for Law and Public Service. And this is the Rappaport Center's Public Policy Podcast Series. Our guest today is Scott Harshbarger. Scott is a member of the advisory board for the Rappaport Center, and he also has a long record of contributions to public policy here in the state of Massachusetts, including service as the state's attorney general. Scott is the founder of Citizens for a Stronger Massachusetts, a new non-governmental organization, and we're here today to talk with him about a discussion paper just put out by Citizens for a Stronger Massachusetts on the regulation of casino gambling in the state of Scott, let me start off by asking you this. As I read the paper, it starts by taking as a given that the state is going to be adopting some kind of legislation that legalizes casino gaming and then asking what needs to be done next. Why do you take it as a given that we're going to be moving in that direction?
1: Well, I think it's a, a very important question. First of all, I call it gambling from the beginning because I think that, that's what we're talking about here. And in Massachusetts we already gamble at a rate that is higher than most states in the country. So it's not a question of whether we're going to have gambling in Massachusetts or not. It's a question of what kind of gambling. These proposals for expanded gambling have developed a sense of inevitability. Casinos and slots in some form or other will come. And I decided that one of the things that had not been focused upon at all here was assume you go this route, What kind of regulatory and enforcement mechanisms are you going to have to have in place in order to deal with all of the predictable and unpredictable consequences? My hope is, frankly, Al, as you can gather, is that when you look at the detail needed to do this in a way that ensures transparency, disclosure, accountability, integrity, and avoids the costs that go with this dramatic expansion of gambling, that it will urge the citizens to say, whoa, why are we going this route? We don't even have in place today the mechanisms needed to protect the consumer and public interest. So why are we launching this in the name of economic development and jobs when it will produce none of those? So I hope that, A, it will be a major factor in the debate about whether we should expand gambling, and secondly, maybe it will be a litmus test for those who support it to say, I want to ask them, if you believe in this, why aren't you leading the charge to have responsible gambling regulatory and enforcement authority like there are in 38 other states? Why do we believe Massachusetts somehow is the first in the nation to ever deal with this? Why hasn't it been part of the discussion? So let's assume that we've got legislation that authorizes gambling. What
0: are the major problems that a regulatory structure is going to have to deal with? What are the big issues or risks that it's going to have to accommodate?
1: Well, I think you can look at the two major states in the country that are the destination resorts, Nevada and New Jersey, and look at the forms of regulatory structures they have put in place to deal first with the influence of organized crime, which was the original problem there, and then secondly to deal with how you deal with this industry that is all about money and politics, where the owners of casinos will make a huge amount of money, and the question will be, how many will you have? So how do you begin to sort out the licensing process, the due diligence background searches, the permitting process? Who should decide that? Right now in Massachusetts, for example, we have no overarching independent oversight regulatory commission for anything. And now you're going to put in place a system that by everybody's agreement will produce, hopefully, millions if not billions of dollars, will have only three or four sites, will have major casino operators from all over the country competing to be here in a state that frankly cannot figure out how to regulate the big dig, cannot oversee effectively its own political corruption potential, does not have strong controls dealing with independent oversight of any agency, and even already in a state does not even have prosecutorial tools needed to deal with RICO, conspiracy, any of the kinds of problems we face. So in other words, we're starting fresh. We have nothing that enables us to even begin to regulate this massive change in the way we deal with gambling. And therefore, we got to put that in place on day one, and then begin the process, not the other way around, because the trouble here, as you look all over the country, is once it starts, it's like Lay's potato chips. You can't have just one. The pressure builds. The state becomes addicted to the revenues. If they don't perform, and most of them don't perform the way they promise, they don't produce the jobs, they don't produce the economic development, but the pressure then becomes to have more. We start out limiting, it expands. we got to start from the beginning in Massachusetts and say, what do we want why do we want it, and how are we going to control this, not just how are we going to get all the benefits.
0: So if citizens are looking at a regulatory structure that's being set up, what should be their checklist for making a judgment about whether the regulator
1: is going to be able to do the job? Very good point. There first has to be, in my view, an independent gambling commission that involves all of the major regulatory agencies, the attorney general, the treasurer, the auditor, and plus independent oversight, and that group is then given the power to appoint and select the operational people who will oversee regulation of gambling. That is the first step they have to but we have to be very clear. What's their power? Is their power to actually regulate and enforce? Is the power to determine the number of licenses? How do we want them to function? And here they need the legislative guidance. Do we want to have a whole bunch of casinos and slot machines? And we going to allow a free and open competition, or are we going to regulate and target it? The minute we start regulating and targeting, we have to have in place criteria for licensing. How are you going to enforce the promises? Who's going to enforce the contracts? What if the promises aren't made? What if we have costs and other problems that go with it? So the commission has got to be set up with all the agencies so they work together, because the problem here in most states has been if you ever divide authority, it will become ineffective. So there's a gambling regulatory commission, independent, has to be well-funded. The piece that I've put in, in addition, however, is an oversight body. I think you ought to have not just the people who are overseeing the industry, because they should encourage the industry. They should be able to deal with that. But we want a body that is responsible to the public. Now, interestingly, that was the concept of the TARP Oversight Committee on on the bailout money. It was an independent group that looked at it from the public perspective to make sure it was being done well. Is this it, your idea of a foundation? Is yes. This, yes. This is, and the, the second group was the Legacy Foundation, which people have not heard about now, but 15 years ago it was a big innovation when we had the tobacco litigation. It was to set up a foundation that would make sure that the public health aspects of tobacco regulation were had a priority in dealing with that. So, in other words, the independent body is there not to be sure that the casino industry thrives, Not to be sure that it eliminates it, but make sure that the public interest is being protected. Now, that then requires us to have in place consumer protection laws that deal with a variety of issues relating to credit, relating to what shall be allowed, how to deal with that. You have to have public protection laws that deal with the potential for corruption, the potential for organized crime. Yes, but more importantly, uh, the various types of campaign finance issues, contributions, lobbying, all of the so-called regulatory things necessary. If you have that structure in place, and they have the authority to decide who and when should get the licenses, then I think you can begin. But if you don't have that from day one, and you just pass the laws that people say, will will take care of the problem gambling, will take care of treatment, we'll deal with, are you going to allow tobacco at these facilities? What kinds of machines are you going to have? Where are you going to site these machines? We now have, for example, in Massachusetts, at least a dozen communities that think they're going to be saved by the resources obtained from casinos or slot machines. But the governor says we'll only have three. The Speaker of the House wants in addition to broad slot machines. Each racing track in the state thinks it's going to get its benefits. In other words, everybody thinks this is going to be the economic panacea. So the pressure will be on dramatically in terms of money and politics, campaign contributions, and pressure just on this for state revenues alone. And the question, will: will somebody be there? Will the independent commission be independent enough to stand up and say, hold it. We'll do this, but we'll do it only in the public interest and in terms of protecting consumers and being sure that we get the intended benefits, not just all the costs that go with this. And the costs are dramatic of the regulatory structure of the potential that the promises that are supposed to be made here about jobs, economic development, what if they're not fulfilled? What if all the small businesses, in fact, as in many other states, gets cannibalized? What about the performance of arts centers around the state, nonprofits that will compete now with casinos? How are all those mitigation costs going to be dealt with? And I think it's a massive regulatory structure issue at a time when people don't trust government. That's what's so ironic about this. We're actually going to believe, we believe, I think it can be done, but most of the public generally has very little confidence in this state that government will actually be able to regulate any industry effectively, let alone one that we know brings with it major pressure for expansion and major hope for benefits with very real costs.
0: Scott, your organization is called Citizens for a Stronger Massachusetts, and the discussion paper you've uh, put out this month does an excellent job of laying out the the big issues that are going to have to be dealt with when we get down to thinking about regulating gambling in the state. And anyone who's interested in reading that paper can go to RappaportBriefing.net, where that
1: uh, paper can be downloaded from our site. Thanks very much for talking Mm. with us today. Well, I I thank you for letting me uh, have this opportunity because, look, this is a democracy, If the people decide they want to have expanded gambling in Massachusetts, so be it. But let's do it after full and open debate. Let's make sure all the considerations are in play. Let's decide, you know, let's really have a full debate about this, not have it come in, you know, under the cloak of of, uh, being our economic salvation. If the public wants it, they're entitled to have it. But then if we're going to have it, let's be sure we can regulate it and make sure we get the benefits that we're entitled to. And I think the key to this is debate. The answer, Al, is, as your podcasts show, If the more people talk about this issue, the less likely it is that there will be wholesale support. So I do have a motive. I urge people to look at my paper. I urge people to question and challenge. I'd love to see the proponents pick that paper up and take it and say, look, we will implement that regulatory scheme as a part of supporting this, and then, you know, now, now, Mr. Attorney General, what do you have to say about that? The reality is this has not been debated. It's ironic to me nobody's even discussed how they're going to regulate and enforce this massive change in our culture that has potential for great corruption and for a real impact on the quality of life in Massachusetts. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
0: This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.